Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. This week on the Chicago Bears Review. The Bears took their first road trip of the season to the Pacific Northwest on Sunday and went face-to-face with the 12th man and the Seahawks, hoping to get themselves into that ever-elusive win column. Did the Bears get their first win, or were the Seahawks less than hospitable hosts? All of this plus bear up and bear down on the Week 3 Review episode of the Chicago Bears Review. Well, we pretty much got the result we were expecting, as in our beloved did not come away with the win, but I don't think anyone expected the game to go the way it did. What's going on, everybody? Larry D. back the week three review episode of the Chicago Bears review, and uh, you know, unfortunately, the uh, the forecast that we had for the schedule has thus far uh, come true. Uh, when the schedule came back way back in April, uh, we all thought Green Bay, Arizona, Seattle. God, that's a hell of a way for this team to start a brand new era of uh, you know with a brand new head coach and and everything. And and we figured that zero and three is is probably probably a, a you know a, a you know a certainty. And then sure enough, uh, there it was. And uh, actually, going into this game with Oakland on Sunday. With the way the Raiders have been playing so far, 0-4 is not out of the realm of possibility up to this point. So, I mean, you'd have to think that especially with Jimmy Clausen at quarterback, Oakland's going to be favored to win this game uh, on Sunday. But um, anyway, you know, it, it was um, – here's the thing. The, the, the final score is not really going to tell – the story of this game uh 26 to nothing um you know the bears uh, their first shutout loss since december 29th of 2002 which was the season finale of that of that year it was that it was that really really tough year that the bears had where they they played all their games in champagnes because soldier field was being uh was being renovated um, so essentially, the Bears played 16 road games in, in 2002. I think they were four and 12 or whatever it was uh, that year. Lost to the eventual Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers, something like 16 to nothing or, or something like that. With with good old Henry Burris at the quarterback uh, position, uh, his one and only NFL start uh, in between legendary stints in Canada, as I think Henry Burris is still playing. Uh, in Canada last I heard and he's he's like Hall of Famer in Canada which is amazing just to kind of show you the difference between the two leagues but um, you know going into this and you'll hear me talk about it in the knee-jerk reactions is is that um, you know this game was competitive uh, for the most well at least until the Bears got on offense then then the competition kind of went out the door um, as far as um, scoring points was concerned obviously um you know jimmy clausen god bless him the guy didn't lose us the game uh that's for sure but he sure as hell didn't do anything to help us win it um 63 yards passing on the day uh against the sea i mean it's the seahawks so hearing that your quarterback threw for 63 yards isn't that big a surprise um but it just for as competitive as the game was, for as for the most part, the Bears controlled the game in the first half, running the ball as well as they did. They were dominating time of possession, keeping Russell Wilson in that offense off of the field for the majority of the first half. And to go into the half 
only down six to nothing, you know, it was just a matter of like, okay, fellas, we play the second half the way that we played the first, you know, we might, uh, you know, we, we, we can do some things here. But uh, the offense needed to show up. Uh, the defense needed to maintain. And for the most part, the defense did. But uh, it was the offense that killed us. You know, obviously zero points. Only 146 yards of total offense uh, in the football game. It just it was it was an ugly, ugly game on the offensive side. It was it was awful. And I think and I think for now, well, not just for now, but I think that we can finally end this whole are the Bears better off without Cutler conversation. Okay, because it was obvious it was obvious. I don't know how much more of a difference Cutler would have made, but he would have made a difference in this game. You know, maybe he would have made a mistake and thrown an interception or something, but we would have had more of the offense in play in that football game. The Bears would have been taking more shots downfield with the football and, you know, it would have opened the offense up, that's for sure. We were definitely limited in in their ability to do much in that in the in that football game with with Clawson uh, at quarterback, and it was obvious watching the game that the Bears weren't really in the mood to take any chances or put the ball in Jimmy Clawson's hands at all on Sunday, which is why the outcome for this Sunday's game against the Raiders isn't bright thus far. So um, anyway, what do you say we go ahead and and dive into things here? And uh, you know, here's here's me. Uh, the first quarter knee-jerk reaction right off the bat. It's only 3 nothing, and the Bears are hanging into this thing pretty tough. <laughs> knee-jerk reaction to the Bears and the Seahawks after one. And uh, despite uh, CBS's um, refusal to uh, start put the Bear game on at the start of the Bears game, missed the first possession for each team. Uh, so I ended up missing the, the monumental moment that was the Bears' first sack of the year, Jarvis Jenkins, who actually has two uh, in the first quarter, sacked Russell Wilson for an eight-yard loss during the first possession uh, of the of the game. Um, the only thing that I'm not liking so far is that our offensive limitations or our trust in Jimmy Clausen is apparent so far. Uh, the good news is the Bears are running the football and they're running it effectively. But it's kind of a three yards in a cloud of dust uh, type thing. Every play so far uh, has, has been positive, so the Bears are moving the football. It's just that without the, without Jay Cutler out there, we're not taking many chances in the running game, or excuse me, in the passing game. And, you know, it's just, it's going to be a, a long, slow day on offense for the Bears. So it's, it's going to be up to the defense to keep the Bears in it. So far, they're doing it. The Seahawks are only up three to nothing. The Bears have the football as we start the second quarter so you heard me say it right off the bat it was apparent it was obvious that uh it, i don't know if it was a trust thing or if it's uh you know hey you're a backup for a reason so we're we're not really going to put the football into your hands too much uh kind of thing but the, you know running the football was effective uh, time of possession was heavily in the bears favor especially in the first half of the football game uh, until their final drive, and I think you'll—I I think I even mentioned it in the second quarter, knee-jerk reaction. Uh, up until their final drive, where the Seahawks uh, strung a drive together and got within like the five-yard line, um, the Bears had only allowed one first down uh, to the Seahawks in the first half. With uh, until there was like what three minutes to go uh, in the uh, in the quarter, and um, you know they were getting after. Uh, Wilson, like I said, Jarvis Jenkins, two sacks there in the first quarter uh, and, and everything else. I mean, it was it was a promising start. It was a very promising, uh, very promising start. But it's just that that offense, it was it was a it was only going to go as far as Matt Forte could take us. And, and unfortunately, um, you know, in the in the occasion where, uh, yeah, maybe you get two on on two yards on first down, maybe three on second down on third and five generally you're going to want to throw in that type situation and Jimmy Clausen just wasn't able to get it done for us uh you know the Bears had 10 possessions on on Sunday they punted all 10 times uh I think I think I read earlier uh today that um that's uh, the first time in since 1980 that's the first time that that's happened or like since I don't know since they started documenting that kind of thing 
it's the first time that a team has punted after every single possession uh, that they've had. So uh, there's another there's another first for you, Bear fans. That's uh, something we can, you know, hang our hat on there. But, um, you know, without Jay in the game, there was um, little to no trust. I, you know, I hate to use the word trust, but I think it's just more, uh, you know, the confidence maybe it would probably be the better word as far as trying to take chances down the field, uh, putting the putting it in a situation where the where we're going to put the game on Jimmy Clausen's back. That did not happen at all. The Bears were taking no chances there, and in a way, it's it's a conservative approach that uh, that hurt us. But in the end, you know, you got to respect that approach because you, you know you've heard John Fox say after the Green Bay game. In order to win a game like this, you know, basically admitting that we are playing a team that was better than us, you have to be perfect. You have to be perfect to have a chance in a game like this when you're playing, especially on the road in Seattle, where it's just close to impossible uh, to win out there these days. Um, you, you can't go out there and, and make mistakes and expect to win uh, against the Seahawks. And the Bears didn't make mistakes on offense. They just didn't play well. That was the that was it, you know. That was the thing where the better team eventually, you know, imposed its will and and, and you know came away with the game, uh, kind of thing. But it wasn't that, you know, we tried to put too much on our backup quarterback and he threw interceptions and it cost us the game. Matt Forte did not fumble or anything like that. And I think the one turnover that the Bears had was reversed on appeal. So you know, it was. Um, you know, it was it was it was one of those games where, you know, Fox and company knew that in order to, to to have a chance against the Seahawks, that there could be no mistakes, there could be no turnovers on offense. So they weren't willing to take the chance and risk that a mistake could take place. Like I said, it was it was a game plan that worked for the first half, as you hear me talk about in the second quarter knee jerk reaction. But I also forecasted that we were going to need a lot more from the offense to have a chance in the end. Knee-jerk reaction to the second quarter, the Bears and the Seahawks. And, you know, I got to admit, I am impressed. Uh, The defense has been playing outstanding uh, in the first half. They've only allowed, before this last drive, where the Seahawks put a couple of first downs together, before that drive, the Bears had only allowed one first down in the entire half for the Seahawks. And, um, you know, it was only a 3 nothing game very very odd play calling uh, by the defense in the in the final minute there uh it was um the bears or the seahawks were like in the red zone like at about the 15 yard line and i don't know if the bears didn't think the seahawks had any timeouts left but they got into this weird looking prevent style defense there were only three rushers everybody else was basically standing at the goal line and it gave the seahawks an opportunity to get from the 15 all the way down to the three before one of the bears was able to wrangle them down but thankfully the Bears were able to hold at the goal line and force another field goal. So it, at the half, the Bears are only down six to nothing right now. Now the Seahawks are going to start with the ball in the second half because the Bears got it first. But Fangio is really using his familiarity with the Seahawks to call a great defensive game, except for whatever that 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 brain fart was with the the prevent defense there at the at the end of the half. But defense is playing outstanding. We've got a few sacks on Russell Wilson. We're we're getting to him, and you know we're playing really solid run defense so far. It's the offense that really needs to pick it up. I know we got Jimmy Clausen out there. We don't have the same playmaking ability in the pass game, but we got to take some shots. Uh, down the field. And I don't mean like 30, 30, 40 yards downfield. We got to do something other than trying to hit Forte and Martellus Bennett in the flat. Maybe we got to get Eddie Royal across the middle, something. We got to mix it up a bit in the passing game because eventually the Seahawks are going to, are going to get hip to this uh, run game that the Bears have had successful success with in the first half and find a way to shut it down. So right now it's six to nothing. Got to admit, I'm very impressed with the way the defense is playing. The offense really needs to step it up. I just hate it when I'm right, though. I absolutely just hate it when I am right. And in the end, it was the uh – well, actually, in the beginning of the second half is when the uh, it was when it started to go downhill. Uh, Tyler Lockett, uh, for, you know, for the Seahawks, 
um, who I actually uh, f- predicted would be offensive rookie of the year. Now, I know that the chances of that probably aren't very high considering that he's somewhat of a secondary receiver. He's more of a special teams guy. I was thinking kind of in the mold where Devin Hester should have won some kind of rookie of the year award in 2006 when he you know, was returning punts and kickoffs back and, and making all the difference in the world uh, for the Bears back in 06 on their Super Bowl run uh, that year. But, um, you know, it, it just he takes the opening kickoff of the second half, 105 yards for a touchdown, and nobody laid a finger on him. And from from my going back and watching the uh, the replay and such, this time the referees didn't give away a holding penalty like we did last week against the the, uh, the Cardinals. Still no excuse for giving up a 108 yard kickoff return. I mean, the, I don't know how much uh, how much of a chance the guy that got held would have been able to make on the, you know, how much of a chance he'd had to make the play on that one. But still, um, this time no controversy in my opinion at all. Tyler Lockett 105 yards straight down the seam and just outran the uh, the Bears defenders 105 yards uh, to the end zone. And 13 to nothing, I read a, an article that Jeff Dickerson wrote uh, a little earlier, 13 to nothing might, has been, might as well have been 130 to nothing with the way the offense uh, was playing. And as I said, right there at the end of that second quarter knee-jerk reaction, it's only going to be a matter of time before the Seahawks get hip to the way that the Bears are, you know, doing things on defense and apparently the halftime adjustments were were the were the time that they got hip to it because the same we weren't able to to establish the 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 game the run game the way we were in the in the first half and you know it was just uh, they at that point I think the Seahawks pretty much dared Jimmy Clausen uh to beat them they started loading the box up uh a lot more uh, even with uh, Adam Gase coming out with with like three tight end sets and an extra, I mean there was there was one play in particular that I remember. The Bears got about six or seven yards on the play, but we had three tight ends and an extra tackle in there. Like there was zero chance at all that we were throwing the ball on that play, and the Bears were able to still move the ball, running the football game or running the ball uh, on that play. So. You know, that's kind of the the game plan that the Bears came in with. Um, And I think that they were kind of having, you know, approaching it in a way that they were expecting one of these runs to break. You know, that one of them would would pop open and maybe Forte could hit one uh, and head head off to the races for it. Unfortunately, that didn't happen. You know, the Seahawks are a little too good for that. They don't give up big plays. Uh, The Seahawks don't anyway. And, um, you know, it just didn't happen. Uh, on Sunday, they, um, you know, the 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 Bears gave up that 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 special teams uh, blunder there in the uh, at the beginning of the third quarter, and it was pretty much all downhill from there. However, you know, even down twenty to nothing, it, you know, you could still see it in the defense. They were playing a lot better, and and I still contend that the final score doesn't really tell how close the game actually was. <laughs> Knee-jerk reaction to the Bears and the Seahawks after three quarters. And, uh, well, the defense didn't get a chance to establish uh, a presence or dictate the rhythm of the second half because special teams did it for us. Uh, they gave up a 105-yard kickoff return to start the second half. So what was a six-point nail-biter at the half is now a 20 to nothing blowout in progress for the Seahawks. Uh, it's disappointing to me to think that the final score is going to is, isn't going to show how well the defense played uh, in this game. It, it's simply the fact that we just have nothing on offense. Uh, the Seahawks are clamping down on the run game, and the Bears have nothing to offer uh, in the passing game uh, with Jimmy Clausen, no Alshon Jeffrey. You know, it's just it's it's a mess out there. Uh, it is. So uh, Matt Forte was only going to be able to get us so far, and uh, I think he actually might have been hurt a little bit. It was a third one, and he got stuffed and kind of bent backwards as well uh, on that play. So, um, you know, it's 20 
20 to nothing right now. The Seahawks have found their rhythm offensively. They're moving the football down the field. Like I said, by the time this thing is over in the fourth quarter, uh, it, it'll look like a blowout, but, you know, it, for the most, for most of the game, it didn't play that way. <laughs> And that's pretty true. Uh, you know, it, it didn't play that way for the most part. Uh, it, the game was closer than the twenty to twenty to nothing score would uh, indicate. If it wasn't for special teams, it would have only been thirteen to nothing, which obviously looks a lot better than uh, twenty uh, to nothing. The uh, the defense could only hold for so long, and that that was the thing. As as the game wore along, as the running game of the Bears was bottled up by the Seahawks on defense. The, our defense was out there longer. The Seahawks were able to establish a rhythm offensively. They were able to move the football. Uh, and, you know, the Bears defense only gave up one touchdown. The rest of it was bend but don't break and the Seahawks having to settle uh, for field goals. I mean, in the fourth quarter, they had to settle for two more field goals instead of being able to put it uh, in the end zone. And, uh, you know, this would it would be a pretty successful outing, you know. I would think, and in, in, in most defenses in the league or most teams in the league would would love for their for their defense to only allow 19 points in a game, you know. That that is enough for a lot of teams in the league to be able to come away and say, if our defense only gave up 19 points, we'd be in a great position to win the football game. Well, unfortunately, we didn't bring an offense with us uh, to to uh, to Seattle. Uh, on Sunday it, that did not give us a chance to win the game this was going to be a game where the Bears would have to win you know 10 to 6 or something of that nature and and uh, you know th unless the offense was able to mix it up more than they did the outcome is what is what happened you know eventually the Seahawks were going to uh, figure out a way to stop stop the run game Matt Forte turned out to be okay he actually uh, returned uh, to the game shortly after that little scare but it was ugly it was you know if you guys remember the johnny knox injury which ironically was also against the seahawks but if you guys remember the johnny knox injury the way he got bent back play that in slow motion and that's how forte got bent back pretty much the exact same thing only it didn't happen It didn't happen at the full speed, you know, 150 miles an hour like it did uh, to Johnny Knox, which that was the last play of his NFL career, uh, unfortunately. But, um, you know, that that's pretty much what it looked like. It's just, you know, take that Johnny Knox moment and throw it into super slow-mo, and that's what it looked like Forte getting getting stuffed and then bent backwards on third and one to, to stop from converting uh, on that uh, play. He did return to the game and ran the ball a couple more times, but uh, – uh, you know, like I said, it was it was it was it was a live or die situation with uh, with Forte. And in this case, uh, it was a slow death. You know, we we died slowly at the end. We didn't uh, it wasn't, uh, you know, Forte had nothing from the beginning. And and, you know, that's that's the one there are positives here. And, and like I've been saying, folks, I've been preparing you for this from the beginning, from the beginning. Progress over wins and losses. It's just that's. That's what I was expecting going into this season. You know, obviously I expected us to be to win more, not these first three games. I mean, I I, I pretty much came out and said we were going to be zero and three at the beginning of the season here. Um, but it's just it's it's more about progression and and finding things to get to build on this year than it will be about you know well the Bears are supposed to win the division or anything like that. That wasn't going to happen uh, this year. So I'm not throwing in the towel on this season. It's just that we need to be reasonable in our expectation. Yes, John Fox coming to town gives us big, big reasons for positive thoughts and, you know, a bright future ahead. It's just that that bright future is probably 2016 uh, and beyond because right now uh, Fox and uh, Ryan Pace are, are trying to, you know, exercise the mistakes of, Phil Emery and, and those residual uh, mistakes of Jerry Angelo. So, I mean, uh, you know, a year from now, we could very well feel the football team that doesn't have pretty much anyone that any either of those guys had a, had a finger on. 
You know, there there's could be no Jay Cutler, no uh, Matt Forte. You know, this could be a very, very – I mean, it's a different – from last year, it's a completely different-looking team, but it could look even more completely different a year from now. So, um, you know, the, the, the positive thing is that we ran the ball. We were able to run the football. A year ago at this time – I don't know if it was just out of effort. It was if you know if the coaching has been making that much uh, of a difference. But when we run the football, we're we're moving forward. We we are dominating the line of scrimmage at at the very least to give our running back a chance to give us some positive yardage. Last year it was either he got nothing, got stuffed, and maybe maybe every now and then he got a couple of of yards. Like the fact that Forte ran for over a thousand yards still blows my mind last year instead just those blow them the way we ran the football last year i think it's a huge a huge surprise that we mustered a thousand yards on the ground for forte uh last year this year you know it's it's it, you know probably happens somewhere around a, a week 12 or 13 that that forte breaks a thousand yards at this pace so um you know if he can just stay healthy then we'll be okay there but um you know that that's uh that's the one positive thing we we've you know fox is a run guy we're running the football that's a good thing uh the defense is starting to come around as you heard me say in the knee-jerk reaction uh fangio is uh is using his familiarity with the nfc west aka the seahawks to uh you know like he knew those guys seeing them twice a year for the last four years he knew how to play the seahawks and we even into the fourth quarter when the game was getting out of hand, you still saw the effort. You still saw fight uh, from the Bears on defense. You know, I was just praying so hard that you know maybe Russell Wilson or uh, you know Marshawn Lynch didn't play most of the game. He left with a hamstring injury. That rookie that they had, Rawls, who ended up with 100 yards uh, on the day. You know, hoping that somebody would fumble the ball. Maybe Russell Wilson would make a throw that would get tipped or something, and maybe we can turn it into a pick six. Not really so much as to avoid the shutout. That really wasn't that big a deal. But, you know, just to a ray of light that the defense had progressed all the way. You know, not only did we finally get our sacks, not only did we play a solid game defensively against these Seahawks, but we got the football from the Seahawks and we turned it into points. The defense put the only points on the board uh, on Sunday. That was the one thing that was missing uh, from that defensive performance was putting uh, points on the uh, on the board. But, uh, you know, still have the fourth quarter knee-jerk reaction for you, so I'm going to go ahead and play that for you now. It's pretty much like, yeah, uh, we got beat, but, you know, it's not the end of the world. And, uh, you know, uh, go ahead and take a listen. <laughs> Knee-jerk reaction to the Bears and the Seahawks and the final score, 26 to nothing in favor of the Seahawks. The Bears shut out for the first time since the season finale of 2002 with good old Henry Burris at quarterback against the uh, against what would be the uh, Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the end of the 2002 uh, season. Uh, you know what? It, the final score doesn't really tell how close the game actually was. I mean, it's, as silly as that sounds, the Bears on defense were actually really good today. Uh, the offense was god-awful. Uh, they were solid in the, in the first half. They ran the football well. But, the ha but what has been the problem for us from the beginning is that we can't get the ball into the end zone. I mean, we didn't even get the ball in the field goal range. We came with a big goose egg. Uh, today, Robbie Gold, you know, doesn't need a shower after this game. He just put his uniform on. It's still as white and clean as it was when he put it on today. Um, you know, but the defense, uh, aside from not, uh, they didn't get a turnover today, but they sacked Russell Wilson four times. Uh, you know, they, they, they pretty much kept the Seahawks in check for most of the, uh, the football game. But, uh, you know, in the end, it's like the fact that the offense couldn't hold up its end in this game. Uh, you know, eventually Seattle found a rhythm offensively, was able to put some points on the board and uh, pull away uh, from the Bears. So, um, you know, the Bears are 0-3. It's a discouraging outcome. But, you know, it's it's another solid performance, especially on the defensive side. You know, well, actually only on the defensive side. And that... Uh, that has been our weakness up to this point. So going forward, that could be very helpful if the defense can build on this performance. So we got the Raiders next week, and uh, believe it or not, the Raiders are actually pretty good uh, so far this year. So oh, 
Owen four is not out of the uh, you know out of the realm of possibility uh, at this point. But uh, you know if we can get the defense to play like this consistently throughout the rest of the year, the Bears are going to have a shot to win a game or two. And that's the pos- that's the positive outlook that we need to have here. If if the defense the defense did it. And not only did they did they have this solid performance, they had it against a really good team. Now, the, the Seahawks aren't necessarily known for lighting up the scoreboard, but they are known for being able to for being solid and productive on offense. They're, they're, they're not a team that, that goes out and scores 30, 40 points a game. The 26 points, it's right around. That's that's Seattle's wheelhouse because they they win more with defense uh, than they ever will with offense. Uh, but. You know, not only did we have a solid performance, we had it against a good football team. Uh, you know, Jimmy Graham was was out there. He was the weapon that we couldn't have uh, an answer for. He did not blow us out. He was not the reason that the Seahawks won the game. You know that that's that's you know that's the positive thing. Not only did it did we have the solid performance, we had it against a good football team. We sacked a guy that that's very elusive in the pocket. We sacked him four times. You know, twice by Jarvis Jenkins and then a back-to-back plays uh, by Pernell McPhee. So it's it's a, it's a performance that we can build on for sure, uh, and it's an, a, a performance that we're going to need consistency from starting next Sunday because uh, the one thing that the Seahawks didn't have the firepower to do uh, is expose the Bears for their weaknesses on the corners because you know Allen Ball, Kyle Fuller. In the first two games against Green Bay and Arizona were liabilities in those offenses. Next week against the Raiders with Crabtree and especially that rookie, Amari Cooper, who's been amazing in these first three games, he could have a field day against Kyle Fuller and Allen Ball the way that they've been playing so far. That's the one thing that the Seahawks didn't really do was try to attack the corners or get big plays on the outside. Uh, because it just you know seems like our safeties are a lot better, and they're they're kind of like the offensive linemen of the defense. As long if you're not hearing about the safeties, they're probably doing a great job. And you know, last year all we got to talk about was uh, was Chris Conti screwing this up, or he knocked himself unconscious again. You know, the guy was making headlines left and right, mostly because he sucked more than anything else or hey look and, and ryan mundy and and uh you know danny mccray screw this up and oh there's another blown tackle by chris conti and blah 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 so um you know the fact that we're hearing little to nothing about antro Roll and adrian amos i think is a huge positive uh, uh over uh <laughs> over how we were talking about our safeties uh last year but um that's the one thing that the seahawks didn't do offensively was attack us on the outside uh, to, you know, to expose our corners, something that we're going to have to watch for uh, against the Raiders. So keep an ear open for that when we have our uh, week four preview later on uh, this week. So, you know, it is a performance to build on, and, and it's you just we got to remain positive. We got to find we got to find ways to uh, to be positive about this season because it's it's not going to come in the way of wins. And losses. The Bears are not going to go zero and sixteen. That's not going to happen. Uh, but I think that right now seven and nine, which was what I thought they might be at the beginning of the season, you know, I I predicted they would start zero and three. But the way that they're inconsistent, especially special teams, that's going to kill us. That is absolutely going to kill us. We've we've given up huge plays on special teams in all three games against the Packers. They were, a, you know, a few shoelaces away from running a couple of kicks back on us. And then we got two games in a row, 105, 108-yard kickoff returns. I mean, that's that's going to flip a game on its ear in a heartbeat. So that's something that needs to be uh, shored up, and I mean like right now. You know, it's it's one thing for the defense to give up the points. It's another for for the for for another for, you know like for the offense or special teams to put the defense in a hole and that's what happened uh the defense playing well in the first half did not get a chance to set the tone for the second half by coming out and you know making the Seahawks go three and out or god forbid sacking Russell Wilson to start the the third quarter the 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 the, the, the opportunity to do so was taken away from them it was out of their hands from the beginning 
because of the kickoff return, and that's uh, that's where the game really fell apart. Because you know, like I said, like Jeff Dickerson said uh, in his article, 130, 100, excuse me, thirteen to nothing might as well have been one hundred and thirty with the way that the offense uh, was playing uh, on Sunday. So, anyway, uh, big game coming up on Sunday. The Bears looking to avoid an zero and four start against a much improved Raider team. And like I said, with the way with Jimmy Clausen still starting at quarterback, if the Bears. Um, don't make a, a a move of some kind to to bring in a a uh, backup quarterback, which I wouldn't be opposed to at this point because it's obvious it's not going to happen uh, with Jimmy Clausen. Um, you know the Raiders are probably going to be favored to win this game uh, on Sunday, so don't be surprised at all to see that uh, the Oakland Raiders coming into town and being favored to beat the Bears. So it's uh, most likely uh, scenario at this point. Uh, if that's the offensive game that we're going to try to bring to Soldier Field uh, on Sunday. So, anyway, that's going to do it for the Week 3 review. Uh, the Bears and the Seahawks. The Bears 0-3. The Seahawks, their first win of the year, fall to or, you know, climb to 1-2. and two. And uh, we'll see what goes forward for the Seahawks from there. And, um, you know, it's... It's going to be a long year, folks. As far as wins and losses, it's not going to be a happy year for, for Bear fans. But I think with the effort that, that we're seeing from the team, like I said, even down 26 to nothing, this team was still playing hard. This team was still fighting. And, and I, that's, that's, going to, that's going to matter. It's, it matters. That's going to matter going forward. And it's that effort, that fight, that uh, is, is probably going to help us steal a game or two this year from a team that we weren't supposed to beat. That always happens. Uh, you know, if, if as long as the team keeps playing, they have a chance. As long as they keep fighting, uh, you know, and the will is there, it, it's losing is is uh, or winning is never, you know, out of the realm of possibility. So, uh, you know, just as long as we're seeing this kind of effort from the team, I think we'll be okay in the long run, and it certainly will help us in the end when we get better. Whether we're adding personnel or if the lights just come on for everybody else and it all starts to get in sync and happening. We haven't played a complete game yet. You know, the offense was good uh, against Green Bay. Defense was horrible. Uh, last week it was defense and special teams that killed us. This week it was offense and special teams uh, that killed us. And, you know, like, like uh, John Fox said, after that game against Green Bay, when you're playing teams that are better than you, you have to be perfect. And, unfortunately, we haven't been perfect yet. We've been far from it up to this point. So, what do you say we go ahead and wrap this thing up with everybody's favorite segment, Bear Up, Bear Down. So here we are, bear up and bear down for the week three review episode of the Chicago Bears Review. And the first name on the list is going to surprise you. Actually, no, it's not. That might. Bear, <laughs> bear down. We'll start with the bear downs. We're, we'll start with bear down. Bear down to Jimmy Clausen. Um, just awful uh, on Sunday. Um, you know, it, it just... He didn't play well, period. And it was because of him that the offense was as limited uh, as it was uh, on Sunday. A limited, not some, a limited in ability and, and limited in, in, in just overall trying, you know, on Sunday. The Bears came in with a very limited game plan on the offensive side of the football. Now, here's what might surprise you. Bear up to Jimmy Clausen. Why? because he didn't lose us the game on Sunday. Uh, he didn't throw an interception. Uh, you know, he didn't do anything that would cost the Bears the game. Uh, you know, but he gets a he, – he, that's why he gets a bear up, because we weren't looking to – we weren't looking forward to a win from the Bears on Sunday because Clawson's going to come in and throw 350 and four touchdowns and blow the Seahawks out of the water. We knew that was not going to happen. This is a guy that was 1-10 as a starter coming into this game. Uh, I mean, granted, it was for a really bad football team in Carolina uh, when he came into the league. But, you know, it just, um, you know, 
we, he gets a bear down because we were limited and it cost us the game because we weren't taking any chances on up on offense. But he gets a bear up for me. You know, call it a pat on the back, if you will. The fact that you know Jimmy Clausen did not lose us the football game, and that's pretty much all you can ask for when your backup quarterback has to play for you. When he has to start, is just don't lose us the game. You know, you go ahead and do whatever you can to try to help us win it, but don't lose it for us. He didn't lose the game for us. He didn't do anything that cost us the football game, but the fact that he is a backup quarterback and will always be, uh, as, as you know, in his time uh, in the NFL, limited us severely, and, you know, that's why we weren't successful on the offensive side. Uh, let's see. Further bear downs to Alshon Jeffrey. He didn't play in this game, and that's why you got to bear down, bro. We need you out there. Maybe we would have been a little bit more inclined to take some chances down the field if we'd have had our best receiver on the field. And, um, you know, I tweeted last week when I heard that he was out against the Cardinals that, um, you know, if you want to get paid to be the guy, you can't be that guy. You can't be that guy that when we need you the most, you've got these nagging little injuries that, that cost you you know, half a dozen games a year. So one way or another, Jeffrey always seems to be dinged up in, in some kind of way that cost him a game here, a game there, you know, or he's playing, but he's only at about 70% because of that uh, that injury, so we can't expect him. He, wa- he wasn't 100% against Green Bay. He's 100% all week in practice and then tweaks his hamstring against the Cardinals, and it's cost him the last two games, so... You know, we got to get something out of Jeff Jeffrey, especially if he's looking to make uh, Julio Jones money going into the into 2016. So got to get out there if you want to get yourself paid, uh, Alshon. That's just the that's that's them's just the ropes right there, bro. So bear up. uh, We got bear up to Alan Ball. Now, I did this to kind of make up because I've been ragging on Alan Ball. He, uh, you know, kind of got smoked against James Jones week one against Green Bay. Uh, you know, was kind of exposed again, you know, you know, last week he, uh, you know, had one of those pass interference penalties that gave the Cardinals excellent field position that gave him another touchdown uh, last week. But uh, this week, that goal line stand right right at the end of the first half, the Seahawks went after him. The Seahawks went after him against Jimmy Graham. And there was I think Doug Baldwin was the last one, but they went after him over there in the corner and he held his ground. He he knocked the ball away, made a great play against Jimmy Graham, was there to to uh, to break up the pass uh, on third down that forced the uh, Seahawks to kick the field goal right before, you know. So he held his ground, and he, he made up for how he played those first two weeks. At least, you know, he's got people saying positive things about him this week, like myself, as opposed to, geez, Allen Ball was a mistake, huh? Because this guy <laughs> is just getting smoked, so... Maybe next week he'll be back on the bear down list, but for now, you know, he, he played well when it when it mattered for, for Allen Ball uh, on Sunday, so he makes the bear up list uh, this week. Uh, also bear up to Matt Forte. Made it, uh, made it work for as long as we could on the offensive side there. Uh, also want to give a bear up to Adam Gase. Had a good game plan, you know, for the, uh, for the situation. You know, like that, that one particular play, uh, that I remember three tight ends and an extra tackle on the uh, on the offensive line, you know, trying to make trying to make it work with the run game, but it was only going to last for so long, especially if Clawson wasn't able to do anything uh, in the uh, passing game. Uh, bear up to Vic Fangio, just called an outstanding game uh, on Sunday. You know, the the Bears were in the right positions. Uh, you know, they 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 weren't giving up huge plays on Sunday you know they, they weren't giving up those 30 40 yard plays or those big bombs and things like that it just didn't happen and I don't foresee that happening too much this year if at all there's not going to be those opportunities like we saw in the Sunday night game against Green Bay last year that's always going to be the example that we go to that was easily easily Mel Tucker's worst performance as our defensive coordinator 42 points in the first half 55 overall uh, in that game and there were just situations you know Aaron Rodgers is running away from you know we're finally putting some pressure on Rodgers he's rolling to his right he just kind of heaves it downfield and there's you know Jordy Nelson wide open there's no one within 15 yards of him all he has to do is not drop the ball and it's going to be a huge play 
and and it was you know I don't think we're going to see that unless it's just one of those things where the the corner falls down and it's a blown coverage kind of thing it's never going to be where okay no one did anything right on this play and Jordy Nelson was wide open because of it I don't think we're going to see that we're we're being it's it's obvious the Bears are being coached very very well and Vic Fangio like I said a couple of times has used his familiarity with the NFC West and the Seattle Seahawks in particular uh you know to keep it to keep it interesting or to keep it respectful uh on Sunday so bear up to him uh bear up to the offensive line uh still establishing that line of scrimmage and and getting positive yardage in the run game is something that we're going to be able to build on uh in the future to go forward that's going to be a building block especially for a John Fox coach team for the offensive line to perform well gave up a couple of sacks to you know Jimmy Clausen got sacked twice in the game but it wasn't the bloodbath that we were expecting. You know, Jimmy Clausen's not good. Uh, you know, the Seahawks are just going to pin their ears back and kill us. It didn't happen that way. It was a football game uh, on Sunday, and the offensive line did well uh, in, in, in spite of that. Uh, bear up to our two sack artists on Sunday, Pernell McPhee Jarvis Jenkins. Two sacks each. Pernell McPhee especially earning his paycheck, his new fat paycheck, uh, since we signed him away from the Ravens. Back-to-back sacks. Basically just took over a series there. And uh, I love the fact that on, on those plays that, that Purnell got his sacks, it was Jimmy Graham that was blocking him, and he blew right past Jimmy Graham both times. And the second one was my favorite because he just swallowed up Russell Wilson on that last one, just came from behind and just just, just came in right on top of him and, and took him down on that second sack. So, you know, that was really good. The Bears sacked Wilson four times on Sunday McPhee and Jenkins going out there and making that happen and uh gonna end on a bear down uh, two of them back to back if you will um special teams and our special teams coordinator Jeff Rogers you you got to help us our kick coverage game is pathetic right now absolutely pathetic I mean if if it weren't for a you know a, a tackle here or a you know a phantom blade of grass there uh, we've given up a kick return in all three games this year. The Packers were a shoelace away from doing it themselves. Arizona and Seattle taking opening kickoffs, uh, you know, the opening kickoff of the game last week against Arizona, opening kickoff in the second half for Seattle, 105 yards and 108 yards in those games. This cannot happen, especially, especially as long as Jimmy Clausen is out there playing quarterback because we cannot give points away in this situation points are going to be at a premium and if the defense can hold up and play the way that they did uh today consistently going forward um the offense is going to have to be better and we can't be giving away points on special teams that's abs that was an absolute killer and it, it it just set the tone for what the second half was going to be and that was disappointing and um you know the second half was disappointing and it all, you know, kind of rolled on downhill after that kickoff return. So, you know, like I said, it didn't give the defense a chance to set the tone and to come out and, and let the Seahawks know it was going to be a game uh, going forward. Uh, instead, it was just like, yep, we're the Seahawks. You guys suck and we don't. So this is how this is going to go. Uh, we're, we, you know, we have a million ways to win a game. And, and here it is with, with Tyler Lockett, our rookie, running one back on you. So we got to get better production out of special teams. And Jeff Rogers being our new special teams coordinator, that falls on you, bro. So that's going to do it for the week three review episode of the Chicago Bears review. Come back later this week, Thursday to uh for the week four preview episode of the chicago bears review as we talk about the bears and the raiders and their upcoming visit to soldier field the third home game in the first four uh for the bears before we go back to back on the road at kansas city at detroit before a week seven bye so um we didn't uh wasn't able to wrangle anybody representing raider nation uh, to come on to the show for the preview. So Ron Rugg, our good friend from Football is America, will be joining us on the th- on Thursday to talk about the Bears and the Raiders and uh, what we think may or may not happen uh, on Sunday, what to watch out for, and uh, and you know and what have you. So no one from the Raider Nation joining us on Thursday. Ron Rugg from Football is America will be taking their place uh, on Thursday to talk about Bears and Raiders. So. 
he'll be on on Thursday, and uh, you know we'll be going. Uh, we'll be back. So uh, we'll see you on Thursday for the Week Four preview episode of the Chicago Bears Review. Until then, my name is Larry D, and this has been the Chicago Bears Review. Some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Mail checks, invoices, documents, and everything you need to keep your business running. Get rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS. And with the mobile app, you can take care of mailing on the go. Make the same no-brainer decisions as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.